waste time. Swiss manufactured, French hoarded, Italian squandered. Americans say it is money, Hindus say it does not exist. You know what I see? Hello, everyone. This is Brent Stark, and I would like to welcome you to the most precious commodity podcast, which is a podcast of all the stories that I've written over the last several months, with the theme being time. What do we do with the time we have? Why does it seem to go so fast? And then what happens when we run out? I've mentioned in a previous podcast that my job in the real world is I am a teacher, specifically kindergarten teacher. And one of the cool things is that every Christmas break, you get gifts from your students, which is cool. This year, I got an awesome Christmas gift. It was a writer's toolbox. I had mentioned in passing probably several months ago that in my free time, I like to write. And one of the students remembered and told their parents, and I ended up getting a writer's toolbox for Christmas, and it is awesome. I've written over 50 stories since March, and I've always been concerned about running out of ideas. Now they have this writer's toolbox, I think that can help me a bit, and I used it a couple weeks ago. It has these little wheels on, I won't go into specifics, but you could spin it and it gives you ideas. And The four things that came up was a book reviewer, then a bartender in Seattle, learns to drive, and to be young again. What I did was I took those four ideas and I crafted a story. Not specifically, but a lot of those ideas for a story. At the end, I'll tell you a little bit about the story and then share with you what I'm going to talk about next week. So I present to you, Grandma Learns to Drive. She turned the key, took a deep breath, and cautiously lowered her foot onto the gas pedal. And she, wait, wait, did she take a deep breath before she hit the gas? Liz squinched her eyes and tightened her neck muscles doing everything in her power to will the recollection of exactly what she had written all those years ago. The generalities were easy to recall, but that wasn't good enough. Liz wanted to remember the specifics. How her grandma felt when she first started to drive. Did she have doubts? Did grandma ever want to quit? And finally, What were feelings when her fingers touched her first driver's license at the tender age of 68? Every time Liz made a hint of progress, her memories were overcome with visions of tiny white scraps of paper fluttering to the floor. Grandma's triumph and Liz's impulsivity would be intermingled forever because of one event that happened so long ago. Liz dropped her head, relaxed her muscles, and looked out the window. It was useless. Every time Liz tried to remember her tribute story, Grandma learns to drive inevitably. 
It wasn't very good, echoed in her ears. Why did I let Beth read it? Why couldn't I have just kept it to myself? Why can't I forget? It's the day of Grandma's funeral, for goodness sake. You need to forget, Liz. Liz, a publisher by trade, had always dearly loved to read. Growing up, Liz frequently had a book in her hand. She gobbled up everything she could. Fantasy. Science fiction. Precogs see the future and they're never wrong. Romance. Was that a test that no, I didn't pass? I made a promise to a man. He gave me a ring and I gave him my word. And your word is shot to hell now, don't, don't you think? I don't know. I'll find out when I. Mystery. That is rather slippery of you, agents, darling. There was nothing she wouldn't read. Her fascinations with books, however, didn't leave much time for friends. Liz was friendly and she had some acquaintances. But she never wanted to let someone all the way in. That space in her heart was safe for the protagonist of her current reading adventure. They got all of her attention. That was just fine with Liz. As she was enjoying her favorite teen fiction series, Liz put her book down, rested her chin on her clasped hands for what seemed like an eternity. Her eyes were closed, yet she was not sleeping. This has never happened before. For the first time in her young life, she didn't like the way the story ended. The main character, the good guy, quit in the end. In every story I've ever read, the good guy wins in the end. Why did the author let that happen? I don't like it. Liz couldn't shake the discomfort of the series conclusion. Liz opened her eyes, unclasped her hands, and then reached for a pencil. This is not going to stand. Liz rushed upstairs, grabbed her diary, and returned with a sense of determination. I will write this wrong. This good guy will not quit under my watch. And that is when it all began. She transferred from an avid reader to a writer. She opened a new world for herself. Liz's diary, which once housed her deepest thoughts and feelings, was now the home of her stories prequels and sequels to the books she had read. Liz enjoyed extending fantasy tales by teasing out more dialogue, creating new and exciting characters. Reading became much more than entertainment. It became the springboard to stretching her writing muscles. She probably could have continued down this path if it wasn't for her grandma, who had just learned to drive. Her grandma was 68 when she first learned to drive. Several too late, her family thought, but they never let on. She always had a reason not to learn. Reason one. Why do I need to drive? Grandpa drives me everywhere we need to go. 
Reason two. Everything just moves too fast. I don't think I can keep up. I know. I'll try it soon. I promise. Reason three. I'm scared. Reason four. I'm too old. Reason five. I'd be laughed at. And all too soon, those reasons became immaterial. I don't have a choice. Grandpa drove everywhere. He said he would drive me around forever. Now that he's gone, I don't know what I'm going to do. I I don't want to be stuck at home waiting to die. I'm nervous. I don't think I can do it, but I don't think I have much of a choice. I know that I can get the hang of it. And then I got behind the wheel, and I was really proud of myself. I did relax, and I really enjoyed it. And I did the, the a few things wrong. I don't believe. What are you, my grandma? I'm right on the borderline. I passed. The family was ecstatic that Grandma had finally overcome her fear and doubt. It turns out that she was brave enough, and that she was good enough. She never gave up, and all through that time, Liz was furiously taking notes of her grandma's progress. This is a story I need to share. How many times does a 68-year-old grandma? Get their driver's license for the first time. Liz titled the story "Grandma Learns to Drive." She considered it her crowning achievement because it was her first personal story, a deeply personal account of her grandma's heartbreak and then ultimate triumph. Liz was so proud of her grandma and also proud of herself for capturing the memories. The moments would live on paper forever, or so she thought. Beth was Liz's first close friend. The first one, Liz, kind of let in. They shared the same sense of humor and style, and most notably, a deep, undying love for books. Hi, how are you? Want to go upstairs and read? Can't wait to finish this story. And then silence. That was about the extent of their conversations. Liz led her into her love of books, but not much more than that. Liz had always been cautious, never wanting to put herself out, only feeling comfortable transforming into whichever character about whom she was reading. When a book was out of her hand. Liz was no longer the confident hero. Liz was that quiet girl at the back of the class, stripped of all her powers. She struggled thinking of anything that would attract others to her, so she just stayed away, keeping safe distance from peers, lost in the pages of fantasy. Liz always felt a little embarrassed that she read so much when others her age were hanging out. Really, she didn't want to change. Liz liked her life, especially liked that someone in the world shared her passion for reading. If this was what having a close friend was like, yeah, she was okay with it. Perhaps a book she read inspired her, or maybe it was that she was just proud of her story, 
But one day, she decided to go out on a limb and share with Beth what she had written. Um, Beth, can you do me a favor? I was wondering if you could read a little story that I've written. Yeah, I can do that. Is is it a sci-fi thriller or a romantic novel? No, it's not one of those. Here, just read it and let me know what you think. Liz tightly gripped her diary and paused. Liz was nervous, yet a little thrilled. She had taken a major step, getting ready to share her work with a friend. It was kind of a big deal for her. Plus, she was looking forward to having someone read her work, the homage to her grandma. As she prepared to hand it over to Beth, Liz felt like a real author, like those idols whom she had spent so long worshiping. Her grip released, and she passed her prized possession. As Beth began reading, Liz moved to the edge of her seat. Her elbows dug into her legs, chin resting in her hands, carefully observing Beth's mannerisms for any clues to her approval or disdain. She turned the pages carefully at first, but then she started to thumb through more quickly. She was skimming, trying to get through it, realizing that Liz's eyes were studying her. She wasn't enjoying the story, not in the least. Beth, um, is there something wrong? Beth stopped skimming, closed the story, looked at Liz, but didn't speak. Beth, please tell me. Beth took a deep breath. She knew this was going to sting, but she owed it to her friend to shoot straight. I found your story boring. No action and no mystery, no young romance, nothing supernatural. It was a cute story about a grandma learning to drive, but it didn't interest me. I'm sorry, but it wasn't very good. Liz could feel her face start to heat up, her heart now beating violently against her chest. How dare she say that? She doesn't even know my grandma. Liz was going to let her have it. Her so-called friend made a mockery of her work. But the only words that Liz could form were, You didn't like it? Nothing personal, Liz. I just didn't care for it. I better get going. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Liz's anger quickly turned into doubt. Perhaps Beth was correct. Maybe it wasn't good. Maybe Liz wasn't an author like her heroes after all. Liz didn't know how to feel anymore. Was she angry? Sad? or hurt. She couldn't really pinpoint, but one thing she did know was no matter what, she was a failure. Her foray into writing was a massive bomb. Liz felt angry again. Angry that she put herself out there. Livid that she couldn't even tell her friend off. What kind of weakling let someone walk over their work? Not an author. Liz gripped the diary, her prized possession, which now she deemed tainted and flawed. 
she turned to Grandma Learns to Drive, and without so much as a thought, she ripped out page one, page two, one after the other. This story has to die as she shredded the pages into white little scraps of paper all over her floor. Liz's impulsivity won that day and her story was lost forever. She decided to never write for fun again. It's better to give up than to risk failure, she surmised. She tossed the remains of her diary into the trash and she never talked to Beth again. Doing only enough to maintain good grades, Liz did not write for fun any longer. She gave half-hearted efforts, neither enough to wow or displease her professors. Her words were scarce, emotions bare, her creativity hidden. Liz still loved to read. Beth was not going to rob her of that. As a matter of fact, it was her love of reading that earned her first job out of college. She was hired as a publisher at a regional magazine company. Ironically, Liz was in charge of reviewing new author submissions and either approving them or denying them inclusion in her magazine. Providing her work for someone else to review had led to the most painful experience in her life. Providing feedback to authors was now her job, and she loved it. Liz was determined to be constructive and empathetic in her responses to submissions. She would not decline a submission because it wasn't very good or some lame reason like that. Liz promised to always give writers encouragement and support, even if their story needed to be turned away. It was the least she could do. Liz knew how hard it was to put one's work in someone else's hands to be judged and there was no way Liz was going to callously destroy someone's dreams. Writing and publishing was tough, a tough business, but that didn't mean she couldn't demonstrate a little old-fashioned compassion became her mission. No amount of cutesy time-traveling wishes can overcome his huge faults. The story is super clunky and the dialogue is one-sided. It does nothing to move the story forward. Liz cringed every time she read one of her coworkers' evaluations of new submissions. They are so heartless. No wonder more people don't put themselves out there, she often thought. And every time that coworker went home for the evening, Liz did a little something that may have crossed the line a bit. But Liz didn't care. Her mission far superseded that of her job requirements. Liz would send a follow-up email flooded with encouragement and constructive suggestions to all those aspiring authors that her coworker had shot down. You have a great idea. Don't give up. Just work on making your narrative more focused. I love this plot. The next step is to take it and show me. Don't tell me, but don't give up. What an intriguing concept. 
I like what you did with it. I would just add a little more imagery and scenes to help move the story forward. Liz called it her side gig. No one knew about it except Liz and those multitude of aspiring authors who are inspired to now keep their dreams alive. More and more submissions rolled in every day. Good, solid submissions that would otherwise have never been given that time of day. Before leaving, she checked the company's submissions inbox. It was basically another avenue for aspiring authors to reach publishers if they didn't prefer using emails. Basically, its purpose was for kicking the tires. Liz stopped. The inbox read, Can you help me? Liz thought it strange. It was merely a request, but with no attached story. A brief request at that. Perhaps it was spam. At first, though, she thought she would delete it. But Liz paused before tapping the button and lifted her hand away from the keyboard. What if this is an author who truly needs help, she thought. How can I help you, Liz responded. I'm looking for a particular book. I think you may have emailed the wrong place. We have stories already been written for publishing. I figure that in your line of work, you must know a lot about books. Am I right? Liz paused before responding. She thought this was an odd request, but one thing she did know was a lot about books. Yes, I do. Is there one in particular you are looking for? I know this book exists, but I can't find it for the life of me. Can you show me the way? Sure, I'll try. I'm looking for a book about a grandma who learns to drive a car at 68 years old. I believe it's called Grandma Learns to Drive. Do you know what I'm talking about? Liz stared at the screen, trying to make sense of what was on that email. Maybe, maybe I misread it. Liz blinked hard five times, hoping that when she opened her eyes, the letter configuration would somehow be different. But after each time, the words remained the same. I believe it's called Grandma Learns to Drive. Liz remained motionless. As Liz struggled to regain her bearings, another email came in. Excuse me, anyone home? Kind of need your help. I'm a little desperate. I really need this book. Is it possible? Liz could sense the desperation, so she hesitantly responded. How do you know about this book? Heard it was written a long time ago, currently out of print. I was hoping you know where I could find an old copy. Who is this? Liz was starting to freak out. I'm a bartender in Seattle. Don't mean to rush you, but time is of the essence. Okay, give me a day or so and I'll get that information to you, okay? I'm down with that. Just reply to this email address. Liz had no intention to reply. Even if she did, she didn't know how to get it. The story was torn into tiny shreds in her bedroom. Plus, she had to get to her grandma's house. The family, they were going through her grandma's belongings before the auction. 
I love going through old pictures, Liz's mom said as she dragged a tote holding two heavy green photo albums down from the attic. Look, there's your grandma at the beach. She loved the water. And there she is with her friends, June and Gwen. They were so cute together. Oh, wow. Look, Liz, here are pictures of grandma and grandpa's wedding day. Liz sat next to her mom and looked at the pictures. Seeing her grandma happy and healthy helped her deal with her grief. Grandma was her hero, the protagonist of Liz's story. Someone had overcome a difficult situation and achieved glory. Grandma never quit. Mom, who who is that? Liz asked her mother to stop on an old black and white photograph of a man standing outside of what appeared to be a bar. The man, dressed in a suit and tie, had an apron slung over his shoulder and a fedora situated on the top of his head. He was a handsome man, the kind Liz read about in her 1940s novels. Oh, that's your grandpa. Grandpa? Yes, Grandpa, before he and your grandma got married, he was a bartender in Seattle just after returning from World War II. Oh my goodness, really? I never knew that. I never told you? I failed you as a parent. See, that bar is where they actually met. Grandpa was awestruck with Grandma at first sight. He couldn't take his eyes off of her. She was a little less than, say, enthusiastic. She saw his looks and knew his background, and but decided to keep her distance. Why? She was looking a little more for a man with a little more than good looks. She was looking for substance, and she made that known to Grandpa. Was Grandpa heartbroken? No, he never gave up, never quit. He knew what he wanted, so he was going to prove her wrong. He went to the library and began reading any type of book he could get his hands on to show her he was more than just a handsome face. Honestly, we've always thought you got your love of books from him. Oh my goodness, did it work? Well, he's your grandpa, correct? The bartender in Seattle got his wish and married the girl of his dreams. They were married for 45 years before he passed away. Bartender in Seattle. It finally struck her, a bartender in Seattle. Liz stopped looking at the photo album and rushed to the next room. Grabbing her laptop computer, her mission changed that day. Dear bartender in Seattle, I found the story you requested. Grandma Learns to Drive is attached below. I hope it helps. Liz wanted to write more. She wanted to reconnect with the man she called Papa. 
but she was still a little skeptical. She wasn't about to give this prize work to a stranger again. She had to be sure. Thank you. You have no clue how grateful I am. You are welcome. If you don't mind, can I ask you why you need it? It's a book for my dear Helen. She just moved here a few days ago, and I want to impress her with how well-read I am. When I was a young bartender in Seattle, it worked. I got the girl, and I figured I'll try and impress her again. She means that much to me. I always found, when in doubt, don't give up. Helen never did. And Liz, I'm glad you didn't either. This story needs to be told, even if it's only within our family. Thank you for rewriting it. Now, how much should I pay you? Tears rushed down Liz's face. This was the first time she had communicated with her grandpa since he had died almost 15 years prior. She didn't know what to say. There was so much. Papa, no worries. You have already paid me. Thanks again, sweetie. Helen, she's going to love this. I mean, after all, it's about her, right? Do me a favor. Can you mail it to me? I'm not great with computers. We don't have them around much. When I was living, send it to 515 North Terrace Way, Seattle, Washington, 98. One zero one. Attention, Miss Dawson. Okay, Papa. The two reconnected on this side of Earth as if Papa was merely an email away. Liz, for the first time in a long time, was happy. She was an author, but more importantly, a member of her family, a group of people who fiercely loved each other and never gave up, no matter what. Liz sent that manuscript to the address Papa requested. She had no idea where it was going and to whom, but she sent it anyway. Uh, Mrs. Dawson, this story arrived for you today from Liz Thomas. Beth. Dawson opened the story and began to read. This time her perspective had changed. Beth was now married and like Liz, a publisher. This time she liked the story so much that she published it. Her friend's story definitely needed to be told It turned out that maturity and life experience were what Beth was lacking when she read it the first time. The story wasn't missing anything. Beth was at that time. If you're looking for a tale of triumph about a family who never gave up, make sure you pick up the story, Grandma Learns to Drive. You will be glad you did.
uh, Liz, who became a publisher to deal with the past heartbreak that she had, and also with her love of books, was able to rewrite the book that she had shredded up all over the, the carpet, spent that whole night rewriting the story, and sent it to her grandpa in heaven. Little did she know that Beth had got married and changed her name, so she didn't know where it was going, but it actually went to her old friend, Beth, who is a publisher as well. And this time, thanks to maturity and experience, Beth published it, and Grandma Learns to Drive became the book that Liz wrote. So I hope you enjoyed it. Next week, we're going to learn about Michael. Michael was being chased, chased on a hike. And then later, he was chased by someone in a van. What was chasing him? Who was chasing him? Why were they chasing him? Hopefully you can tune in next time to find out. Well, that concludes this week. Let me first thank York Campbell. Each week he impresses me more and more with what he does with my stories. He brings them to life and he does it out of the goodness of his heart. So please, please give his show a listen. It's Poetic Earthlings. His mastery of the language and his his delivery and tone really add to his stories and they make you think. So if you like my stories, you'll definitely like his too. He's, he's really, really good. So give him a listen. He is a good earthling and he does so much for my stories. And I can't deny the fact that you like me. Last thing, this story, Grandma Learns to Drive, is actually a story that's going to be on a future book. As I am proud to announce that volume one the Most Precious Commodity Podcast is now available not only by Kindle, which I mentioned, but by paperback on Amazon. That's all I have, and I will talk to you next week. Take care. You've been listening to The Most Precious Commodity. Written by Brent Stark. You can follow him on Twitter at MostSciFi. Do me a favor, please subscribe and spread the word about this show. Also, don't squander your precious time. Use it wisely. Checking out time is 3 p.m. Give generously. Those of the sort aren't interested in you when you come in, but... Thank you for listening. When your time is up. <laughs>